Welcome to the Numbers Game Podcast. I'm Jason and I'm here with Nick and Marty. How are we going, fellas? Going well, thanks, Jace. Uh, really excited. We're going to be talking all things recession just to bring the mood up. Uh, so, uh, But we'll put a positive spin on it as we usually do. Going well, Nick. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm, I'm a little rattled, actually. I was, um, I was just reading the show notes and I was meant to be the headline on this one, but... Um, I thought, geez, 20 minutes before we we start shooting, I, I better just jump on and learn a bit about recessions. So the first thing I saw was 1938. So <laughs> straight away, I thought there was no no one better to lead with this one than yourself. Um, I even went back to 1991 and realised that, you know, I, was, I, was, I wasn't... I wouldn't have a clue what recession meant back then either, and I, I dare say Jace didn't. So, but I, I was I, I was living recessions. I was living recessions when you blokes were in nappies and well before <laughs> that. Well, you know, 1930s. I think before that was World War Two, and I thought, well, there's no point in me just talking about, yeah, you know, maybe a GFC in 2008. I thought, you know, World War Two and 30s. Let's get Marty involved and real yeah. Life so experience. thanks for taking the lead at last minute, mate. Appreciate it. Well, well, the Boer War in 1897. Uh, <laughs> Post some challenging times, and that's probably my first recollection of me not being able to eat the amount of tuna that I would like to. So, yeah, lots, lots of insights, no doubt. Jace, so please, please stop hanging shit on me. Jace, can you come up with something else here? Yeah, that definitely can. All I'm going to say is that this episode that we're really excited by to hear Marty talk about his experience through the recessions he's lived through is brought to you by the team at Future Advisory. Uh, life's too short to have an average accountant. So head over to futureadvisory.com.au and uh, check out the team there or follow them on Instagram. I talked about it last episode that the team have invested into some great socials. Uh, so go and check them out. Um, Marty, so all things recession, we wanted to talk about the psychology of recession and the fear of recession. And, uh, you know, I think again, we've talked about, you know, mainstream media and how a lot of the people that we work with, the clients that we work with, they look up articles on news.com.au or the age and they see things on, you know, the, the main, you know, six o'clock news or whatever it is these days. And it fills them with fear, fear of recession. And I'd like to, I guess we should probably unpack of what is recession and why does why does it seem on the cards? What are all the signs that we're going through at the moment? So uh, let's unpack that. Well, I think, yeah, like I said, the basics of a recession is negative growth for two quarters in a row, isn't it? Like that's that's yep. fundamentally what it is. Uh, what, what mainly concerns me during recession periods is the psychology of it because genuinely you'll find that the system wants to have a recession for one reason or another. Like, for instance, in this particular circumstance that we're going through, obviously inflation's too high. Now, there's a good chance Australia might not go into recession. They're saying that it's a 50-50 chance that it could happen. Um, But again, the methodology in regards to what's reported in the media is to achieve a certain result. And that result is they want to stop people spending. So how do they stop people spending? Well, interest rates go up, of course. Uh, energy prices go up. Cost of living goes up. And people have to make different decisions. But this is orchestrated by the system. And again, and we've talked about this briefly in the last uh, podcast, that it is, yeah, it's a it's a market trend. And mm-hmm. a market trend is usually uh, you know, created by the media. So what you really have to do is to go, 
where is the opportunity within this market? Because in all recessions that I've been through all the way back to 1930, I think it was 1930 uh, <laughs> is uh, when it kicked uh, Nick, but I'll take 1938 just as I was going, uh, putting on the boots for the Second World War, uh, <laughs> that uh, that uh, we, I think, I think again, it's it's usually driven for some particular reason. So, and in this situation, is is certainly the inflation reason to get that back down to two or three percent um, that they they want to impact society. They actually want unemployment to go up, even though it's not going mm. up, in order to get us back into the ratios where they can control what's going on and what how the economy is doing. And I think that's always interesting to think think like that because, you know, how can you think differently? Because people make money during recessions. It just means that there might not be as much revenue going around, but there is revenue going around. And how can you be an outlier in that in that position where you're doing well and your businesses are doing well or even as an employee, mm. how are you upskilling? So let's say unemployment does rise. Um, how are you upskilling yourself in order that if there's a selection to be made, uh, you're the one that they're going to choose? Because like I say to people, the people that are earning very, very little commission in, in commission-based businesses are the most at risk, right? Because they're most at risk. They're, they're, they're the ones that are not generating and not creating a great sense of doing well in these times. And I had an incredible uh, conversation with a friend of mine <laughs> just the other day where they didn't take a job that they really wanted because there wasn't enough flexibility on mm. the work-from-home arrangement. And it was a dream job. Wow. And it wasn't about, you know, they, they were getting paid really well and they wanted to be at home at least three days a week. And the employer actually said, well, we'd like you to be in um, for three days a week as a minimum to be, you know, to make sure you're part of the culture and everything. Yep. And they knock that opportunity back. Now, you can do that when there's a shortage of workers and unemployment is low, mm. but if the tide changes, you could be left out to sea very, very quickly. And I just could not comprehend that that decision was made now i'm sure there's personal reasons around it but i go if you're in a if you're in a system that's wanting a slowdown then you have to put yourself on top of the chain to really put the effort in to stand out as an employee as a business you've got to create better value than the business up the road you just have to do those things and those businesses actually thrive now there's always circumstances where Businesses do get decimated in various industries, and that's yeah, that that sometimes occurs. That you can't always stop that. But again, it's how do you place yourself in the best position, given an environment that might be more challenging. And um, but the masses will follow whatever's going on, and that's what happens. You know, it's like you know, twenty percent of people might be critical thinkers and can can think through it, and others will follow the trends and then end up facing the consequences of following those trends and not setting themselves apart. But that's what I've uh, yeah, that's what I've seen in the past and I've seen people do very, very well in recessions and I've seen people just, you know, fall away. So yeah. Any thoughts around that? I I really liked your first point. Oh, just mm. the definition of it. It's too simple. 
it's two backward quarters, right? And I think the the thing you said, it's like if you actually look up recession and do a lot of reading around, it's actually a good thing because it mm. it it prevents or it fixes a problem that we've got. It's just such a you know a a dirty word. I know we're getting dirtier on this podcast, but it's just I just think it's so inflated as to the as to the meaning of it. Um, it's it's not a depression, and I think mm. when people hear about it, they're like, oh, you know, they think about the Great Depression and everything's going to fall over. It's like, no, no, it just means that we haven't our spending has actually gone backwards for for two quarters, and if it doesn't hurry up and do that, then we're not going to be in a better position as an as a as an economy holistically. So I think, um, yeah, I think what you just said was brilliant, Marty, about how you position yourself to make sure it doesn't impact you. But don't think about it as this negative thing in the world's over. It's the start of better times, I guess, is another way to. Takes out inefficiencies, doesn't it? It, it that, That's what it does. It just uh, it recalibrates everything. And even at Woolworths, uh, mm. last night there was one lady on and there was only one lady on and there were about 10 checkouts and I said um, yeah you're a bit light on given the amount of shop is still at 9 o'clock at night and she goes well you know they're cutting costs um, at wow. the moment and I said well why why are you still on she goes because I'm prepared to work hard and work late so mm. she goes I you know I want to fill that need and I go mm. well good for her I thought yeah, good on her. She's standing out and she's willing to do the work that others aren't prepared to do. So she gets the opportunity. Now, others might not want it, but at some stage they might want it again. So it's um, yeah, it's it's just interesting around yeah how some people will step up and other people will stand down, and it's um, I find it fascinating. What do you see, Jay? You obviously deal with a lot of businesses. Um, the talk about recession. Uh, is there a negative? Did do, do people come to you worried about it, or do, is it? Did people come to you and say there's a recession? I don't really think about it. Like what, what? What are the conversations you're having with your clients um, around what it means for them, or are they even they didn't bring it up? I don't know. I'm just curious. I'm I'm definitely going to go back there, but I'm just going to touch on the Woolworths thing that Marty just said um, from a timeliness for the episode. I read a thing this morning around Woolworths as well, which I found really interesting. Um, there was this big article that came out around somebody had a receipt from a couple of months ago and they'd bought the same, pretty much the same basket of goods. So um, CPI, uh, Consumer Price Index, and, and how we tell if there's inflation is usually the increase in price of a basket of goods. And anyway, so the receipt was shown from a couple of months ago and the same basket of goods was $100 and now it's $140. So these particular goods had gone up by $40 in the space of a couple of months. And the examples were like Woolworths had this, um, you know, sparkling mineral water that was 75 cents and it's now $1.50. It's a 100% price increase on that particular good that was in the basket. Um, there was something else that was $4. It was now $6. Again, we've got a 33 or 30 something percent, you know, price rise. So you average that out across the board, and this particular basket of goods from Woolies went from $100 to $140 in the space of a couple of months. That is a huge increase. So again, and, and I just share that, you know, because it took took me by surprise, you know, how often I'll walk into Woolies, throw a bunch of crap in the basket that I buy every week and tap the card, and then a couple of weeks, you know, with my, my little spendings account, you know, barefoot investor style, and, you know, I've noticed at the end of some weeks there's been less there, and I'm like, well, hang on a minute. Like I'm, I'm buying the same coffee from the same place and the same basket of goods, but I got less money at the end of the week. Like what's going? And so, 
take take check, you know, you need to kind of pay attention to what you're buying and how the price has changed if you're, you know, going to be paying attention to this, you know, recession and inflation and whatnot. It's not to be fearful of it, but it's to make informed decisions. Like don't get caught out by it and realize too late that you've spent that extra money that would usually have saved. So that was an interesting thing from the Woolworths thing. So thank you for bringing up Woolies, Marty, and uh, good on that lady who's willing to put in the extra hard yards and get those shifts that nobody else is getting because the robots and the machines are doing all the checkouts. Yeah, and and Um, Chase, you're right. It's like the system's there to support the system. So again, that's you. You have to acknowledge that they don't. The system doesn't care that you're emotional. That there's less money in the account, and that's annoying to you. You have to be a critical thinker to think. Maybe I go and shop at the local groceries or maybe you have to, because the system creates habits and then you Mm. create habits to match the system. So you've got to be a critical thinker, think about how am I going to orchestrate this differently given this time? And like we said, it it might not be a a massive tweak, but a few tweaks here and there can make a big difference to make sure you're okay and then you're in control of your own system which is your life mm-hmm. and then you you know you can thrive within it regardless of circumstances externally but otherwise you just get swallowed up eventually you're short on cash and then there's problems so yep. yeah 100 for the business recession conversation definitely conversations that may not start you know, with the topic of recession, but there's inputs and things we talk about that it all feeds to to what we're talking about this fear of recession and I think off the back of the end of last financial year, end of 2022, we've come out of two years of COVID. It was an employee's market where a lot of employees kind of demanded pay rises. And there was a lot of businesses that kind of had to come to the party and come to the table. Now, even though they weren't necessarily making a lot more money, but the cost of not having those employees or, or having to bring in new employees, they went, cool, done. We'll, we'll meet to the demands. We'll find a point. We'll, we'll increase wages. Now, since then, we're now staring down the barrel of another year goes by, you know, do all these employees put out their hand again for another pay rise because of inflation and the cost of goods in the basket. And it's pushing back on the business owner to make it the business owner's problem to give employees more money. Now, this recession and and what we're going to see where there is job losses and a and a better job market for employers is that you may not see that. So people are talking about that going in crunching margins and having difficulty with employees and, and keeping employees happy. That's definitely a big conversation around at what point does that balance back out, which it's a difficult one because employees sit there and go, my mortgage is going up. You know, my repayments, I've got an extra 500 to to $1,000 a month that's going on my home loan, but my house price might be declining and going down. And I need more money in my paycheck to survive. So, you know, there there is some turbulent times ahead and you've got to know and understand how to have these conversations and um, get ahead of, of knowing how to talk to people about this and, and what the inputs and outputs are going to be um, of recession, inflation, and and all these kind of fears that, that are being thrown around and discussed. But um, more and more conversations than ever, Nick, and business owners who, you know, are resilient and, and have been through COVID and, as you said, have pivoted and changed. Uh, continue to need to to be across this and not bury their heads in the sand. And whether it's the basket of goods that they're buying, which are carving into their margins and reducing their profits, they need to be across so many different elements or the rising cost of the business loan they took out to help fund a purchase in the business, all things that, that are just, you know, 
really consuming that headspace at the moment. And if you do let the fear and of that recession kind of take control, you'll be paralyzed from making decisions on, on how to push forward. But yeah, lots going on in that space. Your, your, your water story. Like what do you say? Seventy five cents to a dollar fifty. Yep, they just they just they. It was one of those like uh, Coles as the prices are down or whatever. But Woolworths had their version of it, and they just went, "We can't keep that bottle of water at seventy five cents. We're taking it off that program where they kept the price locked, and they've just smashed it back up to a dollar fifty. So if you weren't if you weren't careful and you just walked down the aisle and pulled the same bottle off the shelf and put it in the basket, you've mm. paid a hundred percent more than what you were paying a few months ago. It's crazy. Well, they might be yeah. um, they might be boiling water in a jug and filling up their own bottle moving forward. I was pretty happy with my soda stream. Now I, I was <laughs> I was the guy that was buying the seventy five cent bottles for a long time, and plastic. You know, I also want to do right by the environment. Jace, how many people do you think would uh, would be thinking we should do a budget and they're not doing a budget? How many people don't want to know what they're spending until it's too late? Right, so. So take those proactive steps. Maybe, maybe the maybe you could work a second job there at Woolworths. Maybe they need another checkout person. But you think think a little bit laterally in regards to yeah, because it's not always greener on the other side. Like sometimes mm. people jump ship for money and end up you know in a worse situation as well. People don't always consider that. Uh, they're very reactive to their personal financial circumstances. They go into survival mode. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting the extra five grand I need. And then they, you know, they they make a decision that's not well thought out and uh, regret it later. So, you know, do your budgets, think clearly. Like I said, it's not Armageddon. We will get through this. This too shall pass. And uh, things will come back into some form of more normality, I would say, by the end of the year into 2024. But, you know, be, be proactive on it and do what you mm. need to do. If you are tight, you know, make changes. Yeah, you know, Marty... That, that exactly what you just said, the question that you semi may have answered yourself there of how many people have budgets or how many business owners, it is a really small percent. And maybe, Nick, you could talk about the financial planning world of individuals setting budgets and going through budgets. I just think it is a stupidly small percentage of people that have actually sat down and done a budget, um, whether that's as a business or as a, a in your personal life. I... I wish there was more people doing budgets and, and understanding their numbers and their finance. It's so it's so simple, but at, at the same time, it seems to be so hard. And yeah, you know, when people come in for a financial plan, no matter no matter whether they've got combined income of a hundred thousand or combined income of half a million dollars, we always start with the budget to understand the inflows and outflows of cash. Um, yeah, otherwise you can't really build a plan if you don't have a good footprint of what's going on. So it's it's one of those things where I think you said it well, but well, I think maybe Marty said it, but people don't want to know about it. And mm. and these days, to your point about the tap and go, people just don't know what they spend. You know, they get to the end of the month and there's no money left, which is absolutely ludicrous. Like, which is why we're big advocates and we've spoken about this, about reverse, uh, reversing the budget, uh, reverse engineering the budget. And you sound mm-hmm. like you do it, Jace, but put your spending in an account and the rest goes to do something that's going to benefit you. Uh, in the long term, whether it's debt reduction or wealth creation, whatever it might be. But it is so easy to do a budget. And I think the biggest problem is budget kind of has this negative attachment around, oh, that just means I'm not spending any money and I'm saving everything. It doesn't mean that at all. Most people have got more than enough money to spend, Mm -hmm. save, and pay bills. And 
all that happens if you don't have a lens on it, you spend more than you should be spending. So, yeah, I think yeah everyone should do it, um, and everyone should set it up so it's it's easy to do. And geez, it's a real worry if businesses aren't doing it. Um, and it sounds like they're not because particularly if you've got responsibilities such as staff and superannuation mm. and tax. Geez, you really need to be doing a budget and reviewing it and sticking to it. I think it's uh, definitely one of those things that we've said it time and time again is that if if you're unsure or you do have fear or you are scared is that you've got to start somewhere. And if you're not willing to do it yourself or don't have the skills or knowledge, that seeking professional advice is an is a fantastic place to start. It doesn't need to be expensive and quite often you can get the initial consult, you know, as a bit of a complimentary consult just to find out if that you might be working with the right person. But I think that seeking professional advice in times like this is is a great place to start. And if you don't have the budget or if you're unaware of where your money's going every week, um, it might be time to yeah, get your head out of the sand and do the reset, pull that handbrake on before you can then release it and move forward again. Ignorance is not the solution on this one. And it's, uh, you know, do yourself a favor and uh, do your budget and have a look at uh, how you can generate revenue during these times because opportunities do present. Chocolate's always a big one that uh, sells really well during a recession because people have these basic needs that they want a treat. Uh, so chocolate's always, lipstick is another thing that sells really well during depressions or recessions because people still want to feel a sense of abundance um, and look good. So they'll, you know, there's still basics that do exceptionally well during these times, but some industries that are hit in recessions and depressions are real estate, obviously, as prices come back. Uh, construction uh, is a big one. Hospitality is another industry uh, that's vulnerable, which is the last thing they need, uh, given what we've been through with COVID, just getting back on their feet. But again, these are all generic statements in regards to industries. So think about how you can make sure that your business is in a position of strength, your personal finances are in a position of strength, and you as an individual are putting yourself out there as a position of strength. Take confidence, upskill, be the point of difference. So no matter what happens, there'll always be a place for you uh, or your business. Yeah, might just use a real life example on what you've just said there, Marty, because it just popped into my head about, you know, being proactive with your business in times like this. And a uh, local pizza shop on the corner, A25, um, on like a Friday and a Saturday night, there's plenty of like bars along Chapel Street that obviously late night people like 11 o'clock onwards will go to. And that's kind of when their night starts. Um, the pizza shop recognized that between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m., they get a little bit of traffic, but not heaps, but there's plenty of people around. So they've created this like late night 9 p.m. menu that for like $70 bottomless, like late night dining. So you can get pizza, pasta, and drinks for $70 between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. It might be 70, 90, whatever it was, but it's their way of going. If we put a bum on every seat of that restaurant between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m., we've got the staff there. They're going to be tidying up and doing their thing anyway. We've got a bartender there to pour drinks. We can refill the restaurant after our normal dining trade with the late night people that you know need to fuel up and get some carbs in their system before they stay out dancing all night. And I just thought, look, 
Otherwise, they were staring down half a half-empty or a quarter-empty restaurant between nine and eleven when their opening hours were. Anyway, so again, being proactive. Look, you know what? What are they doing different to go capping the price to? You know, somebody who's going, oh, I'm on a budget. I don't want to spend too much. Going, oh, seventy bucks, unlimited booze and food, beauty. So, anyway, great example of being proactive and uh, thinking outside the box uh, in times like this. Love that. All bumps have wallets and you want them in your <laughs> store to take those wallets out and spend up big. And I'm booking it now. 70 bucks for pizza pasta. Sounds like a good night out, Jase. I like it. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Numbers Game where we talk psychology of the recession. This episode was brought to you by Future Advisory. And Nick and Marty, it's been a pleasure to be joined by you boys again. Until Thank next you. time. Make sure if you're going to be a statistic, be the right statistic. Game over.